Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's Podcast. We are back for the final time tonight. We are going to recap all of the football games that happened in the mid-afternoon block, as well as Sunday Night Football, which just ended for me. The second half of the... Pause it, pause it. Honestly, the second half of the, of the day was a bit of a snooze fest. It was a bunch of blowouts. It was also, in the case of the Steelers and the Dolphins, just an absolute boring football game. Just snooze fest on snooze fest on snooze fest. A little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. I like stopped watching the Chiefs. Football game. I forgot when I stopped watching it, but I was just like, I don't need, I don't need to watch this this game. I for, I think it was when they were up by like ten points, and I was just like, I know they're gonna win. I know they're gonna win. I like, and they did win. By the way, the Chiefs did win, but I was just like, well, that kind of sucks. And they won like forty four to twenty three. We'll talk about it. This will be a short podcast. I'm hoping to get in and out in twenty to thirty minutes. Not because I'm hoping to get out in 20 to 30 minutes, but more specifically because it's just like, there's not really a lot to say about the games and rather wax poetically about football for an hour. I'm like, eh, I'll just tell you straight up what happened today and uh, the implications and then we'll peace out. Quick little podcast. By the way, I always say, whenever I say this podcast will be 20 to 30 minutes, it never is. I don't know why. I just find a way to fill time, unfortunately. Unpause my music. Like, sometimes it can go on into an hour. Regardless, we are back. We are here. We're ready to go. Sunday night football. All of the mid-afternoon games coming up right here. 24 Spockets. A little bit of an end to a little bit of a weird end to that song, the Nate growing up song from Euphoria. Really, there's like a couple of really, really good tracks off of the Euphoria song, but uh, not Euphoria song, but Euphoria soundtrack. 2024. 2024. When was this TV show? It's going to be five, five years. Oh my God. Before we get season three. Jesus Christ. Not five years, obviously, from now, but it's like like five years from the start. Jesus Christ. Awesome day for me. Got to see Lewis Hamilton compete against Max Verstappen again, which is always fun, even though I wanted Lewis to win tonight, but he didn't. So that sucked. A little bit, but... Max had had a really, really awesome race, and the Austin, um, the United States Grand Prix was really, really awesome. It was really, really solid for Formula One. It was a great showcase. It, it was not like the disasters of the last couple of weeks. It was so much fun. It was so awesome. Can't wait for uh, the Mexican Grand Prix as well. Also saw some League of Legends. The World Finals is going on as well. Awesome series. It went to all five games if you care about esports, but I like I I care about esports. But it went to five games and it was awesome and it was great. And the two teams, EDG and DRX, 
had a really, really awesome series. Um, literally, EDG went up two games, uh, and then they got reverse swept. So it was so awesome. Oh my god, it was so awesome. But um, that was kind of it for non-football related stuff. I'll talk about this a little bit more on Tuesday. But I kind of like foreshadowed and I gave certain precursors for this weekend. I said, look, we're getting to the point of like we're about halfway through the season, right? We're, we're getting there, right? This is week seven. Next week will be week eight, which will be a little bit under half of the season. But because 17 is an odd number, it's like we can never really be truly halfway through a season. It's like we'll either be a little bit under halfway or a little bit over. Like eight is a little bit under half of 17. Nine is a little bit over. So we'll never be that perfect eight out of 16. So we kind of have to like deal with uh, deal with it a little bit. But we're getting close to essentially halfway through the season, and I always have these pretty, like, grandiose predictions. I always say, like, look, like, this team will win the division, and these seven teams will make it to the playoffs. And we've been doing that for the last couple of years. I think I'll get around 10 to 12 teams, somewhere around there. We'll just split the difference. I usually, on average, can get about 11 teams into the playoffs. Like, I can usually... At about eight weeks, I'm like, yeah, I, I have a pretty decent feeling on the divisions overall. Really, if you want my honest opinion about it, uh, I could probably do it right now. I could probably sit down and look at the divisions and look at all of the teams and pick out all eight of the divisional, maybe not all eight. The NFC West is a little bit tricky and the AFC South is a little bit tricky as well and also the NFC North. Like those three divisions have just had significant amount, uh, a significant, excuse me, amount of dysfunction. But I can like probably pick out the majority of the divisional winners, the majority of the teams that'll go to the playoffs. Sure. Yeah, I think I can. I'm not going to, but I can. We'll be doing that next week. We'll be doing that next week. But for this weekend, I essentially said, look, we're almost halfway through the season. Good teams need to start winning games. Bad teams need to start losing games. It's just that simple. Otherwise, uh, in the words of Bill Parcells, the quote that everybody and their mother has heard because for some weird reason the media can't come up with any good quotes or any good analysis or philosophy on the NFL, you are what your record says you are. So if you are a non-playoff team, guess what? You are a non-playoff team. And yes, that includes teams that can and really should be non-playoff teams. Again, ask the Dallas Cowboys in 2019 when they had a lot of talent on their football team and they did not go to the playoffs. And it was an embarrassment for everyone involved. It was such an embarrassment that Jason Garrett, the unfireable head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, who was a walking piece of mediocrity for 10 years, got fired after that season. So yes, you have to start winning games as good football teams and you have to start losing them if you're a bad football team and unfortunately that kind of happened today or maybe not happened but like the good teams the teams that I would say are good teams didn't necessarily have a like a great showcasing like Tampa Bay and Green Bay and some of the bad teams 
like Seattle had a day today. Let's talk about it here. And let's start off with, and by the way, we already talked about Green Bay and we already talked about Tampa Bay in the last podcast. You can go and tune into that if you want uh, kind of like my conclusion and my takes on that. But overall, for today, it was not a good showcasing for the good teams. Uh, some of the headlines for this weekend will be Dallas didn't play very well, which to me is ridiculous, and um, and the 49ers loss, which was predictable because I predicted them to lose against the Chiefs, and they lost badly, 44-23 to this weekend. But some other narratives that really should be coming out of this weekend are and were that the Jets beat the Broncos again, which isn't really that big of a surprise, but it's a surprise in the sense of the Jets actually have like a winning record. But surprisingly, the Seattle Seahawks beat the Chargers 37 to 23. And that's where we'll start today. Seattle beat the Chargers 37 to 23. And Geno Smith, and by the way, like JC Jackson got hurt. And I saw all of the reports JC Jackson got hurt, Brees Hall got hurt. And also DK Metcalf got hurt. Not every single player got hurt in this game, but a lot of players in this block of games, the mid-afternoon games, got hurt. And so now the Chargers, who, once again, everybody was like, Chargers are one of the best teams in the NFL. Remember how everybody was like, Justin Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL? Gee, how well did that age? He is now 4-3. and three. He had a you know a decent game relative to what he was being asked to do. He had he had an average game. Never mind. He had an average game. They threw the football 51 times against Seattle, but they fell behind as well. I mean, Seattle scored 24 points in the first quarter or in the first half. It was embarrassing to watch. I don't really know. And, and I mean, it's not that I don't know how Seattle you know, walk the dog against the Chargers. I know how. His name is called Brandon Staley. So, experiment's over. Brandon Staley's not a good head coach. Okay? I'll say it. Not a good head coach, right? Certain head coaches' expectations for me are lower because they are going into worse spots. All, all Brandon Staley had to do, and I have been bitching and moaning about this for about a year. All Brandon Staley had to do for the last year is stabilize the team. That's it. That's all he had to do was say, hey, Justin Herbert will help you out. Offense will help you out. I didn't like the Mike Williams deal. I felt like Mike Williams was a little bit overrated, which he is. Keenan Allen I like, but he is still obviously suffering with the hamstring issue. And look, like Keenan Allen, inside wide receiver, he's a slot guy. Mike Williams is a big 50-50 ball guy. I mean, it benefits them, but they need structure. They need stability, and they don't have that stability as a team. They're not a real football team. Oh, you don't believe me? Oh, okay. They get the best corner in the NFL. They have no idea how to manage his injuries. They were like, well, we'll play him on a Thursday night football game when he 
kind of isn't ready to play, and then he doesn't play well, and then he goes, like, back on to, uh, not necessarily IR, but he essentially, like, reclaims his injury status, and then he gets hurt, and, and then he's out for a couple weeks, and then he comes back in this week, and then he, like, I think dislocates his kneecap, which sounds incredibly painful. And it's just like, gee, I wonder, I wonder maybe if he was uh, 100% ready to play. I get people will use the, will have the horrible saying, well, nobody's ready to play. But it's just like, yes, that's true. Or not nobody's ready to play, but nobody's 100%, excuse me. Because it's football and everybody's hurt. But I'm like, you could also be like, he isn't ready to play because he isn't healthy. You could be honest and say that. Or you could continuously like lie to yourself and be like, eh, I'll just um, force his ass out there and and uh, try and like, you know, try and force him to play when really he's not ready to play. And here we kind of are where he's out probably for the season like Rashawn Slater. Like, isn't it weird? You know what? Let me plug in my computer first. It's almost out of battery. Hold on. You know, I do consider it a problem, an issue, as a head coach, when your players are constantly getting hurt. I do consider it an issue. Do you want to know why I consider it an issue? And Brandon Staley... And, and this is why I'm like, I'm a little bit worried about like John Harbaugh and others, because it's just like John Harbaugh has, has for the last couple of years had a bunch of injuries. Brandon Staley has had a bunch of injuries. It's like, look, man, your job as a head coach is to manage your players injuries. Some head coaches want to, you know, just pass off that responsibility, but no, it's like you, you as a head coach have a responsibility to protect their play, your players from themselves. A player will always, and don't even act coy. Don't even act, you know, bashful. Don't be like, well, you know, uh, like, uh, like I didn't know, like this was my responsibility. No, it is your responsibility. They're like a fighter. They're like a boxer. They'll never wave the white flag. They'll never take themselves out. Deontay Wilder will never take himself out of, out of a fight. He's going down either on a stretcher or he's going down in a coffin. They'll never take themselves out of the game. You will because you are weak-willed and weak-minded comparatively to them, but they won't. So you have to protect themselves from themselves. And when it comes to what I have seen from Brandon Staley, he doesn't do a good job of that. Either he's aloof or he's just plain stupid. I watched Mike McCarthy. I watch him consistently track players' snap counts. See him track Micah Parsons' snap counts. And he didn't just start doing this this year. He did it last year as well with Dan Quinn. They were like, look, we are going to micromanage your snaps. You will get this amount of snaps per game uh, because we are trying to preserve you. The same thing goes for Ezekiel Elliott. The same thing goes for Tony Pollard. It's like, we will manage your snaps because you play the most physical positions on the football field, and you, if you get hurt nowadays with Micah, you know, and his significance and in his importance, it's like, if you get hurt, we're fucked. We are fucked. But more importantly than that, it's just like, 
You're going to exhaust yourself if you don't have some type of rest and recovery. If we don't give you some time off. So Dallas, I think for the most part, will start their, their week's training on Wednesday. Like they'll start practice on Wednesday. Usually, some people may start it Monday. Like the Patriots, after a loss, they'll come in on Monday. And they're like, we're, we're practicing on Monday. Other teams are like, we're practicing Tuesday. Because we won on Sunday, so we don't have to come in on Monday. Dallas is like, regardless, we're coming in Wednesday. They're like, like we want you guys to come in when we're going to do some stuff. But for the most part, we're, we're coming in Wednesday. And it works. Like Dallas was flat in some regards, but they're healthy for the most part. And it's like I watched the Chargers play, and I'm like, why are you guys always hurt all the time? Like all of your key players, all of your players, Joey Bosa, J.C. Jackson, Duran James has had injury issues, but he's now, unironically enough, like now he's not hurt. But for the most part, like most of the most of the Chargers is Justin Herbert hurt. Like it's like, why are your players getting hurt and saying hurt? We are in week seven, and it was like Keenan Allen, I think, got hurt in week one, and then he came back and he wasn't the same guy, and they and they rushed him back. I'm like, guys, what are we doing? I don't understand it. And then they get their butts whooped by Seattle, 37 to 23, and I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. Brandon Staley's not a good coach. This should have been, like, even with the injuries, even with all of that stuff being said, this is a game where you're going up against Geno Smith and one offensive lineman in Charles Cross. How do you fuck this up? How? How do you fuck this up? You gave up 40 points. I know it's 37, but we're rounding up here. You gave up 40 points. 40. 40, man. And two quarters. How do you give up 40 points? Can't even tell me that that the, um, that you guys had had, like, like, the statistics overall are very similar, except for the Chargers on third down, which they were awful in. They were 5 for 15, 30%. The, um, the Seahawks were 5 for 9, 50%. Similar first downs, 24 to 21 in favor of Seattle. Sacks, Seattle, sacks allowed was in favor of Seattle. And sacks that they had gotten in favor of Seattle, but it was like two sacks to three in favor of Seattle when it came to sacks allowed. So they gave up less sacks and then also fumbles lost as well. And the interceptions thrown penalty yards, like both teams had had seven penalties, which means that they weren't executing very well. It's like, it's a very, very similar game, but it's just like somehow, some way Seattle scored 37 points and the Chargers scored 23. It's like, how does that happen? Oh, wait, Kenneth Walker popped off 23 carries, 168 yards, 7.3 yards per carry, two touchdowns. Isn't this the guy that was supposed to be the defensive mastermind coming from the Rams, and he was supposed to make the defense better, and he was supposed to, I don't know, not let a running back pop off for 168 yards? I mean, honestly, 168 yards of rush on one guy. That's insane. It's like you should, there should be some type of an adjustment. You know what was so interesting about watching that Dallas game was, and, and it's the same thing that happened with the Eagles game. They made significant adjustments in the second half. They were like, we'll make adjustments, we'll play better, da-da-da-da-da. 
we won't lose the same way in the first in the second half that we lost in the first half. And they were white, and they won. They closed them out. They shut out the lines. And it's like I get to Seattle, and I'm like, what the fuck are you guys? Not Seattle, but the Chargers. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on with the Chargers, man? I, I really don't understand it. 168 yards of rush against Seattle. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. It just... Oh, God, Seattle is just... Not a Seattle. The Chargers are just a laughing stock. Seattle is, I think, in their division. Oh, my God, they're leading their division. So, Seattle, without Russell Wilson, I still think Seattle is terrible. It's just everyone in their division is worse or is very bad. But Seattle's four and three. Everyone else is three and three or three and four. The Rams are three and three right now. Like, okay, all right. We're playing ball. Again, bad teams are winning. Good teams aren't. Jesus Christ. Raiders beat the Texans. It was getting chippy at the start. I'm like, I mean, first and foremost, they scored 21 points in the in the fourth quarter, right? 21 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Raiders are a joke. I'll say it. Raiders are a joke. They scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. Take away 21 out of 38, and you're left with 17. Uh, and the Texans, they scored 20. They scored 20 points in uh, four quarters. Texans going into that game or going into the fourth quarter were about to win it. Josh Jacobs had had an immaculate game, 20 carries, 143 yards, 7.2 yards per carry, three touchdowns. He was awesome. Devontae Adams had a good game, among others. And it's just, it was it was what I expected overall, but... Um, I, I just, the Raiders, they irritate me, man. The Texans are just, they have nobody whatsoever. And the Texans were beating you pretty consistently, actually. Like offensively and defensively, they were able to score. Maybe not defensively because the, you, you scored 17 points and then they just collapsed. But watching the Texans is just like, like watching a car crash, man. Oh my God. Watching both of these teams, I'm I'm glad I watched parts of it, but I'm glad I didn't watch all of it. Jets, Jets at Broncos was a disaster. Um, we'll talk about certain Broncos being on the trade block and whether or not certain teams should pursue said players for the Denver Broncos. I kind of, if you want my honest opinion about it, I kind of like question the whole we're going to give up all of our awesome football players or some of our football players for whatever reason whatever the case may be for whatever reason I don't know what the reason is but they're just like yeah we're going to give up our players because I guess they want to I I don't know I don't know why but Denver is is considering it Jets won today going up Five and two, which is, yeah, it's a shocker. They're one of the better teams in the AFC. Uh, just based off of their record, they're in the playoffs right now. 
Like, I think almost every single team in the AFC East is in the playoffs right now. It's like it's like the two worst divisions categorically, maybe not categorically, but one of the worst divisions in the history of the sport in the AFC East is like finally semi-competitive. And it's like literally after Tom Brady had left. But the Jets, they won today. I had them winning against the Denver Broncos because the Denver Broncos are one of the worst teams in the NFL. And it's not really that big of a surprise, to be honest with you. So the Jets, if you can believe it, are one game behind the Bills. They're one game behind. I had to take a swig of my water. They're one game behind. Bills are up 5-1. Jets are up 5-2. How does that happen? They fucking beat the Packers and they beat a couple of other teams that they shouldn't have beaten as well. We'll see if they can continue that forward, but all they have to do is win like probably five more games than they're in. I, you want my honest opinion about it? I know I was gonna, I know I'm gonna do this probably next week. I, I don't, I don't think anyone from the AFC West is coming out at all. I think it's pretty fair to say that the Raiders and the Broncos are done. Like, they have two wins in seven weeks. I think it's pretty safe to say that they're not going to uh, to win. Or th- I guess the Raiders have three wins? Seven weeks? Or two wins, I don't know. Regardless, they're just, they're too far behind. The Chargers are just too inconsistent, and depending on how... The Patriots kind of can come alive, and I mean, really, we could actually see all four teams from the AFC East make it into the playoffs. Let me kind of just like check if that's true. Um, maybe the Bengals are four and three, and the Ravens are four and three. They're both like tied for obviously the first. Uh, the Ravens have the one seed in their division, but I mean, it's definitely going to be tight with the AFC East. Like every single team in the AFC East is essentially the wild card, you know, the Titans they won today. And, oh, yeah, like, it's, again, it's the Titans coming out more likely than not. I don't think the Jags are. I think they're too far behind. And the Browns and the Steelers are irrelevant. We'll talk about the Steelers in a couple of minutes. But, yeah, like, I think think there is a shot that, I think at the very least, three teams come out of the AFC East. Like, just look at their records. And then who do they play up against schedule-wise? They play up against the NFC North. And, I mean, it depends. I mean, yeah, they play up against the NFC North. Like, the Dolphins, they'll go up against the Lions and the Bears in the next two weeks. Yikes. Yikes for the Lions and the Bears. So. Anyways, uh, talked about Jets at Broncos indirectly in the sense of, like, the Jets are... One of the best teams in the AFC and the Broncos are just horrible. Chiefs at Niners. Um, I saw the game up until a point, and I was like, yeah, like, the 49ers are done. Brock Purdy came in. Brock Purdy came in. They, like, waved the white flag on Jimmy Garoppolo, and they were like, yep, we're going to trade for Christian McCaffrey. Look, I I like Christian McCaffrey a lot, but it's kind of hard for a running back to essentially change the fortunes of the team when the quarterback isn't very good. So, 
yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo was all right, but I think everybody has seen the Shanahan scheme and they've taken it apart. And I think at this point, Shanahan needs another quarterback. Patrick was great. I mean, Patrick's great almost every week, um, but Patrick was really great today. 25 of 34 for 423 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Like, stupendously great. Like, how do you get 423 yards on 25 completions? That's insane. Yeah. Um, Chiefs aren't the one seed because they lost to the Bills last week, but Chiefs... Uh, don't don't be surprised if the Chiefs make some noise in the playoffs this year. Um, I like look. I don't know who's coming out of the NFC West. I never really bought into the whole 49ers have one of the best defenses in the NFL. I've seen it play over and over and over again, time and time and time again. I'm like, what were some of the games? I think they played up against Denver and they played up against one other team, and then they got smoked by Atlanta last week too. And I picked against them, and I was just like. They played up against Denver, and they played up against the Rams, and then everybody fucking lost. And then Geno Smith, who I'm still trying to, like, figure out what's going on with Geno Smith because he, like, popped off and beat the uh, beat the Chargers by, like, 30, by, um, by 20-something points today. And then against the 49ers, he goes down, like, 27-7. I'm like, what the fuck happened to him? But I didn't, I didn't, I don't think that the Rams, or excuse me, the 49ers have this, like, just world-class, world-beater of a defense, and I certainly don't think the same of their offense and at this point in time of their offensive coordinator at the slash head coach. I don't think Shanahan should be getting all of the flack that he's getting right now because a lot of people are digging into his fucking chest right now and being like, fire him. Fire Shanahan, he's terrible. I want him out of San Francisco. And I'm like, are you sure about that? Like the John Cena meme. I'm like, are you sure about that? Like you, you do realize that he is one of the best head coaches in the NFL, but he just, he has a shitty, a very, very shitty quarterback. It's like way too many people aren't able to figure out this whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing. A lot of people are like, Jimmy Garoppolo is either a, a shitty quarterback or he's a good quarterback. He's a quarterback that fits well within the Shanahan scheme. That is it. Outside of that fact, he's not very good. And even inside the Shanahan scheme, he is super inconsistent. And this year, it's significantly more prevalent and present. He was on the better football team. And the fucking Chiefs walked the fucking dog against him and his overrated defense. So. Yeah. It's uh, it's not looking too good for Jimmy Garoppolo and the... Uh, by the way, Juju Smith-Schuster had a day. And yeah, I mean, he was. I was watching the game and I was like, damn, Juju. This is like, this is like a week one for Juju where Juju just pops off and... Yeah, he did. He had uh, over 120-something yards. He popped off. So, and he had a tutty. Happy for Juju. He's a good guy. But um, 49ers, man. We've talked about how overrated they are before. And it's not a surprise that they lose to the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. So, finally, we'll get into 
the worst game of the day. Steelers at Dolphins. Holy fucking shit. What an absolute disaster of a football game. It looked like it was going to be competitive. It looked like it was going to be interesting. It looked like the two teams were going to entertain us to a wonderful night of football. And they sorely disappointed. How did they disappoint? They just didn't do anything for an entire half. Or really almost three quarters, right? Yeah. I mean, the Dolphins, they scored 13 points in the first quarter. And I was like, oh, this is ball game. This is it. This is done. This is over with. And then they scored three points in the second quarter. And then that was it. That was like all they did. They kept on going up the field and then having their drive stalled out and then punting. And then they, and then uh, the Steelers would essentially do the exact same thing. They would go up the field, their drive would stall out and then they would punt. And then that that was essentially the entirety of the second half. It was extraordinarily, incredibly boring. Both offenses were not executing properly and both offenses were just stalled and not very good. I was a bit surprised about the Dolphins because the Dolphins, they seemed to have picked up some flow, some rhythm against the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then they just let all of that momentum and rhythm just go to waste in the second quarter, and it extended into the second half where I'm just like, Oh my God, why are you so bad? Why are you not able to move the ball? Why aren't you able to put them away? Oh God, it was so fucking horrible. It was so horrendous. It was to his first game back. Um, Once again, two is going to go up against the Lions and the Bears, and I think they'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. And the Steelers, I really, really like Kenny Pickett. He didn't have like a great game tonight, but I think he, like he did all he could. You know, I like honestly, Pittsburgh has got to has got to change the way that they play football. They're so old. They're just like, we're just going to run the football a lot. And then when that doesn't work, we're just going to throw it a lot. And it's just like, hey, how about you have a coherent offense? So that way you don't have to fall on the extreme side of everything. Like, oh, we're down. We're down by six points. So now we're going to throw the football 44 fucking times. Oh my God, we want to establish the run, so we'll run it with Najee Harris 17 times. It's like, holy fucking shit, man. If your offense was just consistent with its execution, you wouldn't need to fall on both sides of the extreme. Like, they ran it almost 20 times with Najee Harris. How the fuck does that happen? Let me show you something. Let me give you, I mean, I don't even need to pull up another tab. I'll just pull up the Dallas game. It's all looking great up until that pit stop. And then uh, we have to work for it a little bit harder than we would have liked. Um, Sorry, that was, that's the voice of Max Verstappen. I accidentally pressed on a tab where I was listening to his press conference. Let me show you something. Let me show you the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys' box score here with, uh, with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, right? So neither one of them ran the football as much as Najee Harris. In fact, Tony Pollard had significantly more yards. He had 83 to like, I think Najee's like 50 something. And he ran it 12 times, but he was effective, right? I always say this. You have to, when it comes to running for the football, it's not about how many yards you get. It's about how effective you run the football. So in the case of Dallas, yes, Tony Pollard had a lot of yards and Dallas wants to run the football, and they did run it a lot more than they threw it, but they were effective. They could continue 
their drives throughout the course of the game. They didn't have stalled out drives for the most part. Like there were some time there were like, I think they had two quick three and outs and then they went down the football field. But like when Dallas's offense was, was coherent and it was competent, they were able to drive the football down the field, get it in the red zone and then score. And then it's just like Pittsburgh really, really wasn't that offense or anywhere close to that offense tonight. It was embarrassing to watch them figure out how to potentially be an offense for like three hours. I was just like, oh my God, this is exhausting to watch. I cannot believe how bad both of these teams are at establishing offenses. Pittsburgh is, I mean, Pittsburgh was done already. Like, it's not a surprise that they are two and five. I just, I wonder how much the Dolphins, I, I, I wonder like not how much, how done the Dolphins are is the best way to describe it. But I wonder it's like how far the Dolphins can go because they looked really, really sharp in the first quarter. And then the next three quarters, they looked average to below average to significantly below average to, oh my God, you are putting me to sleep. I want to go to sleep. Please stop. So I'm, I'm a bit shocked at, um, I, I am a bit shocked at how bad specifically the Dolphins played tonight. And I'm Thankful that we never have to watch them potentially on a primetime game ever again this this year. They're just inconsistent. Like they have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and they still cannot figure out necessarily how to use both of them. Hold on. Like I'm trying to go through their box score. Yeah. Like they were their two leading receivers and they just I remember that I remember them like trying to constantly feed Tyreek Hill and I'm like Jalen Waddle is obviously like I wonder I wonder what's going to happen next year when it's like Jalen Waddle is going to uh is going to command like 20 million dollars and Tua is going to be up for a contract this uh this year as well and it's just like you can't keep Jalen Waddle do you trade Jalen Waddle do you release Jalen Waddle do you pay him 20 million dollars 20 plus million I would I would have gotten someone complimentary to Jalen Waddle. You want to know something crazy? Based off of what I saw tonight, I think Jalen Waddle's better than Tyreek Hill. I think he's just a more consistent target, and I think he's a more consistent threat. And I think Tua trusts him more than Tyreek Hill, and I think he gives him a little bit more opportunities. But Tyreek Hill is the main guy. But I think long-term Jalen, I mean, in a year or two, I think he's going to be better than Tyreek. And I think Jalen, I honestly, I think the Dolphins probably should have had a little bit more faith in him. And so that way they wouldn't have to like spend multiple first round draft picks on Tyreek Hill and be like, we have to pay Jalen Waddle and max him out contract wise. I don't know. I think it's just, I think it's obvious that Jalen's better than Tyreek at this point, but boy, vey, tonight was rough. It was rough. Hopefully tomorrow night won't be rougher, but I won't be back tomorrow night. I will be back Thursday or not Thursday, Tuesday night 
where we'll wrap up the weekend and we'll talk a little bit about college football as well. Uh, not to say that there was anything interesting that went on really at college football, um, but we'll maybe have like one or two topics about it. And um, yeah, I'm peacing out for tonight. I'll see you tomorrow or I'll see you Tuesday. Excuse me. Great weekend outside of the last like couple of games of football, but the, it was an overall great weekend of sports. I was really, really happy with this weekend, and I'm really excited for the next one. The WCS, the World Championship Series for League of Legends, is going on next weekend as well. More football, more Formula One. Woof, baby, baby, baby. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Anyways, I'll see you. To, I'll see you Tuesday. We'll wrap this whole weekend up, including Monday Night Football tomorrow night. Can't wait, ladies and gentlemen. One Eight Fours Podcast.